That's awesome. Incredible, incredible. We should dedicate a whole show just to her. I think we should, but uh, that's that's the sidebar. Um, now, we came across Grace, and we thought we'd mention it because this is in relation to the uh, blog post uh, from Jeff Barr around the uh, the Amazon EC2 P2 instances that have just been released, which are the largest GPU-powered virtual machines that we have in the cloud. Right. So we've got uh, GPUs on board as well as CPUs. Yes, and look, uh, we've had GPUs available on instance types in the past, but these things are very, very large. Um, so these new instance types um, incorporate up to eight NVIDIA Tesla K80 accelerators, uh, each running a pair of NVIDIA GK2010 GPUs, right? That's, that's a mouthful with uh, 12 gigabytes of memory. So what that really means is you get about 24 uh, 100 plus parallel processing cores, uh, which is how you get some really interesting, um, you know, high end computational grunt for doing a whole bunch of things like uh, deep learning, uh, fluid dynamics, uh, and some really sophisticated ways of dealing with, you know, high precision floating point calculations. Pete, I've told you before, I love it when you talk technical specs, but that was something else. <laughs> yeah, and look, we've got three of those. So we've got the P2 um, X Large, the 8X Large, and the 16 Large. Um, and all of those uh, are also sitting on high-performance networks. So I've mentioned in the past uh, the Elastic Network Adapter, which gives you up to 20 gigabits per second of low-latency throughput when you're actually running your instance in a placement group. Uh, and that's exactly what you're going to get. The Extra Larges give you... Um, one GPU, but the 8s and the 16s give you 8 and 16 respectively of GPU power. So that's a pretty high-end amount of um, you know, processing power. Uh, these things can turbo boost to up to 3 gigahertz. And yeah, they support CUDA 7.5 and above, OpenCL, and the typical GPU compute APIs that you may have come across in the past if you've actually been playing with these things. Right, so really aimed at the, the kind of uh, scientific computing type of workload, if you will. Yeah, pretty much. And look, in parallel, what we've also done is release the, the, new, the new deep learning Amazon machine image. Um, this machine image is great to be able to run your, um, like I said earlier, uh, machine learning, uh, deep learning, computational fluid dynamics, seismic analysis, molecular mod modeling, genomics, you know, all the typical computational uh, workloads that you probably want to be running. Now, this aim is available to be run on these uh, P2 instances, and they come pre-installed with a couple of really cool frameworks and libraries. In particular, um, the, this Amy contains um, the NIST database of handwritten digits, which is it's actually a, it's a subset of the main database, but it still has a training set of uh, over 60,000 examples uh, and 10,000 samples of, uh, of handwritten digits. So this can be used uh, to be able to, to train your um, machine learning. So we also have the MXNet library, which is a portable, efficient um, library for doing deep learning applications, and you can code against you know, that library in C++, Python, uh, Ruby, Scala, you know, MATLAB, JavaScript, all those fantastic uh, languages uh, and use the NIST data set to be able to uh, make inferences and come up with some clever discoveries. So how do you pronounce that? Is it because it's, it's written M-N-I-S-T? Is it, is it NIST or is it MNIST? Well, I'm just saying it NIST. Um, <laughs> I think I think when you say it fast, people don't know. Uh, look, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce it. So uh, thanks for calling me out, Russ. <laughs> no worries. Well, you've got me all excited uh, with all of the that, that scientific computing stuff. So I wanted to just um, ask you if I could talk about uh, databases for a second. Would that be okay? Uh, I think I think it's a, it's a prerequisite for the show, isn't it? It is. Now, I want to ask you, Pete, how often have you been working inside a database and thought to yourself, I would love it if I could break out of this database and 
call some other function, call to something outside of the database. You mean like calling from a stored procedure to an external function? That's kind of that's cool. Exactly, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Now, lots of databases have had uh, triggers for a long time. So a trigger, if you're not familiar, is basically um, a uh, some kind of functionality that fires when you do an insert, an update, or a delete within the database. And then that can call things like stored procedures, which might have a block of logic in there that would do something within the database. And they can be extremely useful for certain types of processing, but you are stuck within the confines of the database. Mm-hmm. So what people really want to do is to be able to break out of that and actually then trigger something else outside of the database. So a new feature we've just added to Aurora is the ability to call out to a Lambda function. Nice. Yeah, now the way this works is that we will provide an inbuilt store procedure which does that that call out to the, to the function, uh, to the Lambda function, and then what you actually do is...